You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. I wanted to talk about prayer, and I gave you our theme verse last week from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It says this, it says, pray in the Spirit in every situation, use every kind of prayer and request there is. I want to say it this way, and what this verse is trying to say here is that prayer is not just a church thing. Prayer is not just something to do when we show up to the house of God. No, the scripture says here, pray in the Spirit in every situation, meaning that it's, it's, it's meant for every part of your life. And so it means that before you go to work, before some of us, before we open emails, we need to, we need to pray first. Another thing, maybe for some of us, we open those emails, we need to pray before we respond to some of those emails, right? And so, like, but, but this whole idea, and in fact, we kind of have this rally cry. We've, we've, we've even got, got it on bracelets this year that just say pray first to remind us that in every situation, no matter what we do, uh, we, we have this responsibility that before we make a move, what if we sought God in prayer? And it doesn't have to be an hour-long intercessory prayer on how to respond to this email, everyone. But you can pray in every situation and just say, Lord, give me the words to say. Give me the, give me the right heart behind this. And it's so simple. But it's this idea that we're supposed to, in every situation, not just on Sunday mornings, we're supposed to pray first. And the Bible says that there's a lot of different ways that we can pray. And my job as your pastor is to give you some models of prayer. And I, I, my hope is, is that it would give you some fresh life uh, to your prayers. And so last week, if you were here with us, I gave you a, a model or a pattern of prayer. Did anyone try that this week? Did anyone go home and try that model of prayer? That is my favorite model of prayer. I love, love, love that model of prayer. If you missed last week, uh, we talked about the names of God and how powerful the names of God and that you could literally go over just the names of God. You could spend 20 minutes just in the names of God, just thanking God, like, God, you're Jehovah Shalom. You're my peace. You're my shepherd. You're my provider. And it's so, so powerful. And that's what we talked about last week. And you can listen to that on the podcast. But today, I have a really great prayer to pray, one that speaks directly to me, one that as I was preparing for it this week, I'm, I used it every day this week in our prayer services um, here in, 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 the, in person here. And this prayer is found in First Chronicles, which you're probably not going to hear me preach out of First Chronicles maybe ever again. I'm not sure. This is a, and, and I laugh and I have to laugh because this is one of the most difficult books and the Old Testament, because honestly, when we talk about First Chronicles, First Chronicles has very little content in it that uh, that, that would be relevant uh, necessarily in a message. Because First Chronicles is really just a list in the Old Testament; it's a list of genealogies, and so most of the book of First Chronicles goes. This person begat this person, who begat this person, who begat this person, who begat this person. Chapter two, <laughs> this person begat, and so on and so forth. And that's very important when you study in context, and that's important for our history behind it. But it's not something that you're probably, you're probably not going to hear me preach about this person begatting this person. But what's interesting about this book in First Chronicles is that, uh, is that in, the middle of this, in the middle of this book, in the middle of one chapter of this book, in the middle of 600 names... The Bible puts a pause 
on one of these names and basically gives an honorable mention to someone. And so we, 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 we see that they're, they, they basically so-and-so begat this person, so-and-so begat this person, and then there was Jabez, a guy by the name of Jabez. And the Bible pauses, and look at what it says about Jabez. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, do you know that literally this word Jabez means pain? And so, could you imagine naming your child pain? <laughs> Think about it for just a moment. I mean, this is what happens. I mean, we, we've, we've got Sue, we've got Sharon, and we've got pain. You know, like, that, that's, that's the names of, of the kids here. And like, I, I mean, imagine the playground dynamics for this kid. You know, like he's going to school. Oh, your name's Pain. Oh, here comes the pain, right? You know, like, I mean, <laughs> imagine what this kid had to live with growing up. And his mother chose to put this label on his life. And I tell you this, and this is just kind of the beginning of this message. It's, it, it's not just focused around this, but I tell you this because a lot of you guys in this room, you're living by a name right now. You're, you're walking out a script based on a name that you've been given and a name that you believe about yourself. And listen, there is something that has labeled you. And I don't know what it is. For some of us, maybe it's, maybe it's just the word divorce. Maybe it's bankruptcy. Maybe it's depression and anxiety. And you've let that name label you. You've let this thing label you. And that thing has defined you. And listen, if anyone gets it, I think this guy would get it in Scripture. Because his name is literally pain. And look at what the next verse says. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. So at this point, wouldn't you think that if your name is pain, what do you think he would cry out to God for? <laughs> what I would cry out to God for is I would talk about my pain, right? I would talk about what's happening in my life. That I, I'm paid and I'm going through a lot of pain. And honestly, a lot of us, we spend time with God just talking about that. We spend most, the majority of our time talking to God about our past and our problems. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that this morning. I'm just saying that there may be something better than that. And what I want to show you is because, because this guy who's literally named pain cries out, he doesn't just cry out about his pain. In fact, he doesn't mention his pain at all. Instead, he cries out about his promise. I want you to look at it today. He says this, look, look at what he says. He, he, he never mentions his pain. Instead, he says, he cries out to God and he says, oh, God, that you would bless me. Thank you, Lord, that you would bless me. In fact, other translations literally say, thank you, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. That's like us texting and putting five exclamation points at the end of our text. You know what I mean? Like, the, thank you, Lord, that you would bless me. It's like using the the hundred emoji, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like that's, the, he's got this type of excitement. Thank you, Lord, that you would bless me. I want you to notice that this word doesn't just mean prosper either. No, it means that God, that you have things for me that I don't have that you're willing to give, but you're willing to give them to me. Thank you, Lord, that you would bless me. And look at what he says, and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. And I know that, and, and here's, what, here's what pain begins to realize. Pain realizes, he says, I, I, I know if I, if I focus on the promises of God, then, only then will I be free from the pain. That's when I'll be free from the pain. And then look at what scripture says. 
in the middle of this book of genealogies, where this prayer is here, and it says God granted his request. I want to teach you how to pray through this. This is a very simple prayer, and it's something that I think, I think you can go home and memorize this, and I think you could, you could implement this. I'm telling you, when I've imp- I implemented this this week in my prayer life, and it is just it is a powerful, powerful prayer. Here's the first phrase that I want to, I want to teach you to pray. It's simply this. It's that, oh, that you would bless me. You know, the Hebrew word bless here is literally the word barak, which means that God would stoop down from his greatness and that he would provide something into your life. And so what I want you to do, if you're taking notes with us this morning, is just jot this down. First, pray for blessing. Would you just ask God to give him the things that he has available to you? Just, I mean, just a simple prayer. Just ask God to deposit his spirit inside of you, the things that he wants to do in you. And listen, again, I'm not just talking about financial blessing here. Although, that is one of them. God does want to bless you financially. But it's, it's, it's so much more, what this blessing is talking about here is so much more than just materialism. God wants to bless you with things like health. God wants to bless you with ideas. He wants to bless you with favor. He just wants his blessing to be upon you. In fact, look at what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 18. It says, you give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. You, here it is. Here's that. You stoop down to make me great. And you know what? I was just thinking about this verse and I was thinking about my life, <laughs> because honestly, I feel like this, this scripture just speaks to me. Like, God, I was a no one. Like, like some, some of y'all, you come and you, you, see, <laughs> you, you see me here and you're like, well, you know, oh, he's a pretty good pastor. And oh, he, well, he can lead a church. Listen, you have no idea who I am. <laughs> you have no idea. Like, like, you have no idea where I came from. Listen, I'm not from any big city type thing, like I'm not, I didn't come in here from Nashville where everyone wants to move and whatever, you know, like I, I'm from a little town called Jacob, everyone, and about, and about half y'all know where that's at, and, and it's just down the road, but I, I, I tell you, like <laughs> most of y'all, I, like it, I will, I'll say this, like if, if Jacob was on any sort of list, which I don't think it is, if it was on a list, it would probably be the last on every list, everyone, like there's not, there's not even a gas station there's barely a restaurant down in Jacob, everyone. Like this, <laughs> this, is, this was my life growing up. And, and the funny thing when I think about my life is that even in those lows, oftentimes I always felt like the lowest of the lows. Meaning that, <laughs> I've probably told you this story before, but I think it's kind of funny. Now, now I think it's funny. Beforehand, it was like heartbreaking to me. But I graduated my eighth grade class with two people. And one of those people was me. <laughs> I, was one of the, I was one of them. And so it's me and one other dude. And I remember when awards night came around, and there's just two people in the class, everyone. And, and, and award, the awards night, okay, all right. The English award goes to the other guy. <laughs> the math award goes to the other guy. Hey, good news, everyone. I got second every time. I always... <laughs> But listen, I like, like I tell you what, there, there, I, I, there was nothing, there's nothing dynamic about my life. 
And if I'm honest with you, like in middle school, I was just very, I, I, I was bullied. I was insecure. In high school, that was, I, uh, that, that's where I was. I, I was always the biggest kid around. Like I was always kind of like the biggest kid in the class and not just tall. Bless you if you're tall. Like that's awesome. But I was, I was tall and a little round everyone. And so I was, I was always the biggest guy around. And in fact, someone a couple weeks ago asked me what my basketball jersey, I used to, oh, I was a baller in the eighth grade y'all. So you're just missing out. But somebody asked me a, a couple weeks ago what my, what my number was when I played basketball. And I told them that the number system, I didn't really have a choice what number I had because the numbers just went, the smallest number was, was the smallest people and the largest number was for the larger people. And I just got whatever the largest number was for that year. So I was like 55 every year. Like that's, that's who I was, you know, but, but here's the deal. Even though all that was going on in my life and even though I felt insecure in those places, um, here, here's what was happening. What kept me going was I had family, I had friends, I had a pastor who was, was putting these things into my mind saying, no, I know this is who you think you are, but I, I know that you think you're pain right now, but God has so much more for you. And there were people strategically in my life speaking into this, this boy who felt like I, a nobody, like he couldn't do anything. I, I was around people who encouraged me to dream and spoke life into me. And I'm telling you, I'm not preaching no prosperity gospel to you today. Like I'm not preaching the, the, the blab it and grab it mentality. Like that's, that's not what I'm telling you. But I do think, I do really do believe that God wants to have more, wants to give you more for a specific reason and for a specific purpose. And I've seen it in my life. I mean, that's where I've been. In Genesis chapter 12, look at what it says, verse two. God gives us his promise. He says, I will bless you and you. Why is he gonna bless us? I, I feel a lot of people, they, they receive the blessing, but then they're like, what do I do with this? Well, it's because he's given you, he's put you in charge that if he blesses you, you have this responsibility to be a blessing to others. And so, so God, uh, let me say it this way. God needs you to have more not just so that you can have more, but so that you can be a blessing to those around you. And I'll say it like this. He's not looking for people just to give to. He's looking for people to give through. That's his desire. That's his goal. And so when I tell you to pray for blessing, it's not just so that I can have a nicer car or a bigger house or whatever it is. No, it's instead, here's, here's how, I, in fact, here's how I would pray it. Lord, give me more than I need so that I can be a blessing to the people around me, to the world around me. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praying this for our church. And you know what, I, and, and I don't have to talk about this a lot, because if we're honest, can I just tell you, I, this is, you church are such a generous church. I've never seen anything like it. And listen, I've been around, the reason that the reason I'm a little timid about, about this subject when it comes to blessing and, and all this is because I've definitely been around the wrong circle where people, well, every Sunday, we need your money, we need your money, we need your money, we need your money. And listen, I'm, what, what the amazing thing about our church is, is that because you have been faithful, every need that we've ever had has been met. Yeah, I've, never had to, I've never had to come up here and say, oh, I, I just, the offering was low last week. I just need you to give a little bit more. I just, just dig a little deeper, right? You know, like, I've never had to say things like that because you understand this principle of blessing. 
You already know this. And I, and I honor you, church, for that. And, and, and every, like I said, every need that we have is met. But on the flip side, can I tell you, we have tons and tons of vision. Like, it would blow your mind if it would take the rest of the service and then some. You'd have to meet me for lunch and dinner to give you all the vision that we have for this church. I mean, that's how much, like you would, you'd leave here today, oh, I don't know about this place. You know, like you couldn't handle it. And so I give it to you in slow, slow little bits. But I'm just saying that, that someone today, God has blessed you and you could just make it happen. And you, I like, like, because not only does God want to give to you, but he wants to give through you. And so every day, what if you just said, God, I'm open-handed. Whatever you give me, Lord, I will be faithful that I'm not just going to keep it. But Lord, when you bless me, it will be a blessing to your people. He wants to give through you. And so he says that. And so then what happens when he answers that, you know? <laughs> what happens when he does bless you? What do we do with the more? Well, it's the next part of this prayer. In fact, I think it makes sense for him to say, well, Lord, when you bless me, would you enlarge my territory? In other words, God, if, if, if I have more, I'll do more. And that's why I, I think you should pray every day this prayer. Pray for influence. Pray for influence. And so as your pastor, and as just a human being as Noah, I know my own capacity with things. And I know my own capacity is not enough. But I've asked God to stretch me and take me places that are bigger than me. And do you know that God has a life available to you that is so much bigger than just where you could get on your own. Like some of the conversations that I've been, been able to be a part of, there's been rooms that I have been in that are, are just, I am not supposed to have a thing to say in those places. And yet God stretches and gives influence. And it's just, and he wants to do the same thing for you. Because, because some of you, the reason, the, the reason life isn't all that for you is because your life is just about you and where you can get to in this moment. But if you would just begin to realize that there's more, that God wants to give you influence, I, I think it'll motivate you. I think it will just motivate you beyond belief. In fact, I wrote it in my notes like this. I just said, the happiest people I know aren't the people without the problems. The happiest people I know are people who have purpose, who have a God-given purpose in their life. Like they see their life through the lens of, I can live a life just beyond myself. I can live a life beyond my means. In fact, I'd say like this, that successful people don't have more money or less, successful people don't have less problems. They just have a clearer purpose in life. They just know where they're going. And I think that's why Paul prayed this prayer for, for the church. He says in Ephesians chapter one, verse 18, he says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And some of you just don't know the hope you don't know what you're called to do. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. I want you to notice in this verse that your hope and your calling are connected. And can I tell you, like, I pastor people better, not by just sitting in a counseling room all day. I pastor people better by, allow, by, by giving them eyes to see their purpose. 
Because purpose can do so much more than just another conversation in a counseling room. If when you get your eyes focused on something that's bigger than your problems, all of a sudden, your problems are a bit smaller. And here's the interesting thing about God, is that your inheritance is not more things. I hate to burst your bubble like that today. <laughs> like your inheritance is not that you would just get more things. Instead, scripture says that your inheritance is people. Like your purpose is people. And so I'll talk to our team members here for just a moment. If you're on the, the, the HOPE team here at, at, at City HOPE, listen, you do so much more than just making coffee or running a camera or pushing a button or playing a guitar. The goal is not just for those things to function. The goal is for the person on the other side of that function. And so we do things not just so, not just so everything looks pretty and nice. No, it's for the people on the other side of it. Our inheritance is people. Your purpose is people. And look at what scripture says in Psalm 2.8. He says, ask me. And he says, and, and, and I will give you a really big house or a nice car. No, he says, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the nations your inheritance. I'm going to make your purpose is people. The ends, it's going to extend to the ends of the earth. In other words, he says, I, ask me and I'll let you influence people. I'll put a purpose on the inside of you. In church, God has a purpose for your life. And until you find it, you're just going to be living your life just putting out small fires in misery all the time. Like they're going to be, hey, you're going to be running from place to place. In fact, I just, I say it like this. If I pray this prayer every morning, I just say, Lord, show me your purpose for my life so that I can live a life bigger than my own. And listen, to, in my life, even in my life, this church that you see is a dream that is way beyond me. In fact, just yesterday, as I was preparing for this message, I, had, I love the little Facebook memories that I get. And on my Facebook memories was four years ago. Do you know that four years ago, there was, this was not a thing. We were talking about this even being a thing. Like there was no people, no money, no building, no nothing. Like the church was a dream. And I remember four years ago, I was walking the streets of Murfreesboro just praying. And I was literally in the park across the street. I shared this with somebody this morning. I was literally in the, in the park on the other side of the street here. And I, I'm doing this live video. We're praying for Murphy Spurl. And the, and the church is going to come alive. And there's a harvest season coming. And I tell you what, I had no idea that where I was looking into that phone, I was looking right at this building. I had no idea what God would give me. I had no idea the influence. I had no idea the blessing that he would give me. And I had no idea the influence that he would give our church. And now four years later, here we are, everyone. And it's quite incredible that even in the middle of COVID and everything that has happened to try to destroy the church, listen, here we are. And, the, and then God has blessed us and he's given us influence in this community. And I'm telling you, he has put me in places that I don't belong and don't deserve to be in. And I tell you that story, not just so, oh yeah, our church is real good. We're awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I want you to do the same. My dream for your life is if you, if you would just begin to live a life beyond yourself. And I'm telling you, God has it available to you today. 
It can happen. And I'm speaking to somebody right now that that's the secret to your happiness. That's it. Is if you would begin to, to pray some bold prayers like this. And so we pray for blessing. We pray, pray for influence. But here's the deal. And I love how this prayer turns. Because there's a turning point in this prayer. Because if, if you do that, Lord, like, like, Lord, if you give us blessing and if you give us influence, Lord, we're going to be over our head. <laughs> you know, like we, like, and, and listen, and when, when God gives you influence bigger than you, and honestly, I, I, I feel it, I feel it every Sunday morning. I feel it right now on this stage. Like I know every weekend that doing this very thing, I am in over my head. And, and, and what Noah knows is not good enough to do this job, everyone. Like, I am not good enough to be, and, and I know that, and I recognize that. And listen, you are, you are looking at one of the most desperate people for God to show up every single Sunday right here in me. Because I know that what I have to offer is not enough. It's why we do 21 days of prayer. It's why we do it twice a year. It's why I could do 21 days of prayer every month, everyone. It's because we, I, I know that what we do is not enough. I can't do this without God. And that's why I think this prayer takes a shift. And it says this, it says, let your hand be with me. You know, the hand of God in scripture almost always means power and presence. That when, when God's hand is upon you, that's why we also pray for God's presence to be with us. And we say, God, I need your hand upon me. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 11. It says, the Lord's hand, his power, his presence was with them. And a great number of people believed and they turned to the Lord. You know, the only reason why this church is here today is not because we're a great church, but it's, instead it's because we serve such a great God. That's who he is. And I say this with all sincerity, that the only reason that we're even here today is because God's hand is upon us. And church, I don't think we should ever lose sight of that. And that's why, like I said, that's why we do this 21 days of prayer. Because there are, there are things that God, there are places that God leads our church that we don't know how to do <laughs> and that we're going to need some help. And listen, every day we step into territory that we feel like we've never been in before. In fact, I was just, I was talking to some people in my office before, before this message and I, I went through and I got me a, a, a little Pop-Tart for breakfast uh, from, from a place just down the road, had a, had a homemade Pop-Tart. I was so excited to eat this Pop-Tart. Listen, I can't eat the Pop-Tart before service because I feel like I'm going to throw it up, everyone. Like, it's still on my desk if somebody wants a piece of it. Like, and I just, I, I <laughs> and that's how I feel every, every moment. Like, like every time before, before I prepare for a message, I, I am just like, every week, I get sick just thinking about this moment. But I'm reminded of this verse in, Acts, in Exodus chapter 33, that says, then Moses said to him, I feel like Moses every morning, that God, if your presence does not go with us, then don't send us. Like God, if, if your presence, like God, if you want something different, then you can have it. Like I don't have to be the guy. Like it doesn't have to be me because if I go without your presence, then I am nothing. I'm absolutely nothing. I need your presence every step that I take. And every morning, I'm just reminded of that. 
And I'm telling you, if you try to do something outside of the hand of God, it will only be as good as you are. It'll only be as good as your ability is. That's all you'll get to. And, and this verse goes on to, Moses goes on to say, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and, and with your people unless you go with us? God, you've got to go with us. And I hope, I, I, I hope and I pray that more of you are here this morning and that you realize that it, it, this, it, it ain't any person that, may, that a person can only get so far. But there comes a point where God steps in and his presence just makes it happen. And you need to understand that this morning. I mean, look, I, I just, this is one of my favorite passages in scripture here. Moses says, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What else will distinguish me? And the Lord said to Moses, I'll do the very thing that you've asked me to do. And so I just pray, Lord, bless me. Lord, I need you to give me more than I need so that I can be a blessing to other people. And God, enlarge my sphere of influence. And God, if I'm gonna live a life bigger than what, I, than what I'm meant to live, Lord, I just, I, I pray like this. Lord, be with me because what you've called me to is too big for me. What you've called me to do, Lord, is way too big for Noah. That, Lord, I'm not going to go unless your presence is with me. And listen, I promise you this. I promise you, if God shows up with you, if he shows up with you in doing that, doing the things that are too big for you, I, I, I do have to give you this fair warning. Because God can bless you and he can enlarge your sphere of influence and he can be and his presence can be with you. But I tell you, when that happens, I also got to warn you that all hell will break loose. I promise you it will. And that's why the final, the final phrase of this prayer that I want to give you this morning is this. He ends the prayer by, okay, God, give me all of that, but keep me from harm. Would you keep me from harm? And Jabez, he literally prays for protection. This is his prayer. And every day, what if you just, what if you took 20 seconds to pray, God, would you bless me? Would you give me influence? God, can, I, I can't go anywhere without your presence. But most importantly, Lord, I need you. And I need your protection. And let me tell you something. Since I've followed God, I have never been under more attack in my life than when I stepped out to fully trust him in faith. But I also know that it's because God's given me more to do, that there's more attack. And you say, you say, well, well, Noah, Noah, are you discouraged that the, that the enemy tries to attack? And yeah, I'll say some days I, I let it get under my skin. Some days I feel like there's no way out. Absolutely. But more than that, more than being discouraged, often I, I remind myself of where I am. And more than being discouraged, I'm more complimented by it. Because <laughs> I heard a pastor say one time, he said, he said, if you ain't button heads with the devil, then you might be walking right alongside him. You know, like... I like that, yeah, that's right. And I believe that. 
Like, like, and you might say, well, oh, pastor, don't talk about the, don't talk about the devil, pastor. I want goodness and mercy. And, and the, the Bible talks about it all. Listen, the Bible doesn't shy away from the devil. So just because you don't want to talk about it doesn't mean we don't need to talk about it. We need to talk about, we need to understand that we have a real enemy and that just because we don't talk about him doesn't mean it, he goes away. Not at all. In fact, look at what First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, the devil is like a roaring lion and he's seeking whom he may devour. Like he's here. And, and we kind of think that when we get in church, he's not. <laughs> and listen, he is, everyone. Like he would, he would love to distract you right here in this moment because we're, we're about to enter a moment where people surrender their life to Jesus. And what he would love for you to do is he'd love that during that moment, if you would get up and kind of rustle around or, or beat some people out the door to get out of the parking lot first, he'd love if you click those little notebooks and try to distract everyone. You know what I mean? Like, like he, he'd love to try to distract someone right now because he knows this is a holy moment, but you need to understand that you have an enemy and don't be naive towards it. But instead we're called to, we're called to fight the enemy. How do we fight? Well, well, scripture says you study the armor of God. You know, your only defensive weapon against the enemy is his word, that you have the sword of the spirit. So how do we fight the enemy? Not only do we put the, the, the helmet of salvation on and the breastplate of righteousness, but we've, we've got the sword of the spirit to fight the enemy. And the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every enemy has to flee. And I don't know about you, church, but I just think we need to get our confidence back when it comes to the enemy. Like, I think it's time for us to pray some bold prayers and pray, pray prayers like, devil, you know what? I break you in the name of Jesus. And devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, won't you get your hands off my family? Won't you get your hands off my neighbors? Won't you get your hands off my coworkers? In the name of Jesus. And I just, I just think it's time, church. I think it's time to get our boldness back. And look at, what, look at what Romans says, chapter eight, verse 35. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, our hardship, our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our sword? No, it says no. And all these things in the middle of what's happening, in the middle of the destruction that I feel like is going on in our world, in the middle of the destruction of our family, no, Lord, we are more than conquerors th through him who loved us every day. Every day, <laughs> Lord, give me more than I need so that I can be a blessing to your people. God, show me my purpose so that I can live a life bigger than me. And Lord, anywhere that I go, don't let me do it without you. And finally, Lord, won't you just strengthen me and protect me from every attack from the enemy. Powerful prayer. I just want to end with this thought this morning. How do we... I, I, I was thinking about this. We have, we have two choices in prayer. I think one choice is that you can choose every day to make your prayer time just about what you want to talk about and, and just all about you and all about your past and all about your problems and all about your pain. I think it's interesting that when we study a prayer from a guy named Pain, that he doesn't even talk about his pain. 
I think the second choice that we have is that we have this, we have this opportunity not to just talk about what we want, but we get this opportunity to talk about what God wants. And, and, and instead of your pain, what if you just started speaking the promise of God over your life? And that's what Jabez did. He talked about his potential. He talked about the power of God working in his life. And I just thought, I, I, I wanna leave you with this thought and then I wanna pray for you, church. This last thing to write down, here's, here's what I really do believe. I think prayer works best when you go into it selfless. In fact, I'd say it like this, that prayer isn't about God moving towards us. Prayer is about us moving towards God. Close your eyes. Well, first jot that down, you note takers. Jot it down, close your eyes bow your heads. I just want to pray over you this morning. And church, I just pray that you would just receive this. Lord, we just love you. And God, I thank you for being in our service today. Lord, I thank you for the presence and the power that we feel today. And God, I just pray that you would just bless this church. Lord, I pray blessing over marriages, over kids. Lord, I pray blessings over health. Lord, so much more than just financial blessing. Lord, some people need a financial blessing. Lord, give it to them today. But Lord, so much more than that. Lord, I'm asking you to bless them emotionally. God, I'm asking you to put your hand upon them and resource them and give them ideas, Lord, and give them dreams. God, you have so much more for us than what we could ever do for ourselves. And Lord, we just pray that if you would bless us, Lord, that we commit to being a blessing to you. Lord, we commit to being a blessing to the people around us. We commit to being a blessing to the people of our church. And Lord, I pray that you would bless us so that we could be a blessing. And God, I pray that you would give every person in this room, Lord, the people who are following after you, Lord, would you just give them influence? Lord, I ask for every person that they would come into contact with, Lord. I pray for influence and I pray, I pray for vision and I pray for purpose in their life to begin to impact other people. And Lord, we just say, Lord, we can't do this on our own. Lord, you can bless us and you can give us influence, but Lord, if you're not there with us, we don't want a part of it. And so, Lord, we say we won't go unless you go. And, Lord, we don't want another thing unless you go with us. And, Lord, we, we want to walk with you. Lord, as your church, we want to walk with you. And, Lord, right now in this moment, we just, we just we say, Lord, we need your presence. Lord, Lord, more than anything that we do today, Lord, we need your presence and power to be, into, to, 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 to be in our lives today. And Father, we recognize that we have an enemy that attacks us on every side. God, you, you've given us the name that is above every name. Lord, you've given us the authority of your word to use as a weapon to our enemy. And Lord, your word says that if God before us, who could be against us? And so Lord, we say that today. Lord, if, if you go before us, what enemy could ever begin to stop us? And Lord, we love you. 
And God, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you that you paused in the middle of scripture. In the middle of the list of names, Lord, you paused to give us this piece of prayer. And Lord, we acknowledge it, we see it. And Lord, let it come into our lives and transform us in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this room and you say that, uh, that you've, you, you've never surrendered your life over to Jesus, maybe you've never had an opportunity or maybe you've never, 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 never recognized the presence and power of God that's in your life. Maybe when my hope is, is that when I tell my story that you would just, <laughs> you would see yourself in it. And the reason I'm here today is to just let you know about how good God has been in my life. But the, the good news is, is that he's not only been good in my life, but he can do the very same thing in yours. But it all starts with an act of surrender. And so many of us in this room, we, 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 we've done this. We've surrendered our life over to God and, and we're all at different places in our walk. But we would, we'd love for you to join us just as we just pursue who Jesus is. And so if that's you in this room today, and you say, I'm ready to surrender my life over to Jesus. I'm ready to pray some bold prayers. I'm ready for God to move in my life if that's you in this room. I wanna do something a little different today if that's you. On the count of three, would you just slip up your hand and just let me know who you are. With every head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If that's you and you say, I wanna surrender my life today, today's the day. If that's you, ready? One, two, three, lift up those hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's church, because we all believe in it, let's just, let's pray this together. Say this, say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this and mean it, say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I surrender my life, thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Would you get up for all the people who prayed that prayer this morning?